atmosphere like this, healings take place. There are angels, ministering spirits sent forth for those that are heirs of salvation. And the word, three-letter word there is for, not to us, for us. A lot of times when we request something from God that is hooked on to his word, the Bible says in the book of Psalms that they hearken unto the voice of his word. Amen. And so there are ministering spirits that will, that will come into a place like that. I hope that doesn't scare anybody. It doesn't me. Amen. The spiritual realm is real. It always has been. It's just that sometimes we want to, you know, we don't want to pay attention. And when you come into a place like this, especially um, with spirit-filled people, there's all kinds of things that begin to happen. Let me take a minute here and just thank everyone who came last night and prayed. That's so important. Amen. You are my heroes. You are. I understand job situations and there are people that have to work. I'm not here to put the blame on anybody. I'm just saying I appreciate people who will show up and pray. If my people that are called by my name shall humble themselves and, and, and turn from their wicked ways, seek my face and pray. The Bible says there's a guarantee there. What is that? I will hear. I will hear from heaven. And I will forgive your sin, which is the, which is the most important thing, folks. Forgiveness, cleansing, remission of sins. This is all available to us through the New Testament plan of salvation. And then he says he'll even heal the land. And boy, if we ever were in need of that, it's, it's today, praise God. I, I understand there's a lot of criticism out there and, and that type of thing, and I'm not here to even get involved in that type of a, of a, a, you know, a dialogue. But I, my, the Bible teaches me that I need to pray for those that are in those positions. And so that's what I... I try to keep that attitude in Jesus' name. So thank you for coming. Um, tonight, we won't be having a service here tonight for everybody. It will be the men's. Men's meeting is at 530. And men, you didn't have an opportunity to pray last night. Come tonight at 530. We'll meet in here, and we'll pray in Jesus' name. And we have one of our customs has been as we, uh, towards the end of our prayer on Sunday nights, is we pray for one another. And I feel like that is really one of the areas that we, we need to excel in also, praise God. The Bible says in the book of James that if we'll do that, amen, there will be healing. There will be healing that will come forth. And a lot of times we, we want to just dele delegate everything to the physical realm. And I'm not saying there isn't needs in the physical realm for healing. That's, there, there's obvious that's true. But I believe in the spiritual and, the, and, and in the mental realm. Praise God. There's healings that God wants to do. He wants to give confidence and, and faith and, and restore those kind of things for people. So if you're interested in, and you're a man tonight, you can come, and then we'll have um, some fellowship in the back. Boy, these guys that have been cooking have been doing a wonderful job. Can the men say amen? Amen. amen. I know the wives are helping. I know. <laughs> I, you, can, you can taste that. There's no question about it. But the bottom line is they bring some good food and we fellowship, we laugh, and then we get involved in a Bible study. Those of you that have not been involved in this, it's, one, it's a book called Bad Decisions. And what it is, it's the legacy of Lot. And this man named Carlton Kuhn um, has written several of these books and, um, uh, and, and really is a good, what I call, illustrator, communicator, that type of thing. And the men, we have learned a lot from this book. We're just going through chapter by chapter, and we're learning that bad decisions can be stopped. Come on, you're making bad decisions? Don't sit there and pout and whine and all that kind of business. Put the brake on and say, listen, I'm going to start doing something different. 
That doesn't mean you won't make any more mistakes. It just means that you're not going to be sitting there for, for a month or two or years and, 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 and wallowing in it. You'll get up in the name of Jesus. Come on, folks. I, I, I believe in that concept. And sometimes I get a little rough on people. But it is the truth. You know, we've got to learn to get back up when we fall in Jesus' name. I'm going to talk to the men tonight about this. There was a book that actually he wrote prior to this one. And it was called uh, Distinctly Different. And it's a book for men. And basically what the book is, is it takes more than just one character. Each chapter, he deals with different characters in the Bible and some of the mistakes that they made and some of the things that they, they did. And he applies them to us. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the men if maybe this could be our next project here in Jesus' name. Because I believe that, um, that, that having strong men in a church, praise God, is the will of God. It is. It's, there's no question about it. It is the will of God in Jesus' name. And so we want you to know that you can be a part of this, praise God. Next week, next Sunday night, we will be having a full-blown um, uh, worship service, and we're going to just let the Lord have his way. You know, the last time we did that, guess what happened? Yeah, you remember that? Four people got filled with the Holy Ghost, and who knows how many people got refilled. Amen. Person got baptized in Jesus' name. It's just a thrill to know that, that the book of Acts is still alive and well in Gillette, Wyoming. It is. Praise God. And that's what one of your blueprints are. You can trace the book of Acts, and you can expect whatever happened in that book, praise God, that should be happening in the New Testament church. I'm not talking about culture or technology. I'm talking about in the spiritual realm, in Jesus' name. And so things are happening in Jesus' name. Um, uh, also, I, I want to, um, we, we um, uh, the church purchases uh, several copies of this Pentecostal Life magazine. And I have been absolutely blessed by it through the years, and we get several copies, and they're for you. They're out there in the foyer area. The only thing we ask you to do is when you get done reading it, pass it on. Don't just throw it in the trash can. Um, uh, we, we even suggested leaving them in maybe a doctor's office or maybe someplace that you're at. And so consider that in Jesus' name. And there's a few copies out there. Please take one before you leave. Amen. Now, don't rush out there and get it now, but uh, we don't want any fights in the foyer, you know, that type of thing. We'll get you a copy if there's not one there. But let me read just an excerpt of an article that's in it so that you can kind of get an idea of what we're talking about here. This is the man who actually edits the magazine, and he wrote, Bloom Where You Are Planted. Anybody ever heard that concept? I think it's a good one. I really do. Um, he says here, and, um, and he didn't live here, but he says, but it got down to 32 degrees last night. Spring is not here yet. Can somebody say amen? amen. Ooh, I got to tell you this. My wife and I came up with a brand new concept this week after 33 years. Amen. We come up with a brand new concept. You know, we came from Iowa, and so we're used to in April generally it rains. April showers bring yeah, yeah, that's kind of the concept. So we came out here, we just expected the same thing. It just took us 33 years to figure out what Wyoming rains are. <laughs> and you saw them this week. I mean, they were beautiful, in my opinion. They were. I mean, it would snow. And so the Wyoming rains are snow in, 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 in uh, April. And man, it sat on my yard and just melted very, very gently and that type of thing. Listen, folks, maybe I'm going crazy after this many years out here. But, you know, you learn to, that that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. So he says, bloom where you are planted. He says, weather is unpredictable. Ah, pansies, he says. They can thrive in this unpredictable weather. 
um, are wonderfully colorful and will bring life to large planters. So this afternoon, I have my work cut out for me. Um, I do not uh, talk to plants. However, if I did, I would instruct these pansies I buy later today to bloom where you are planted. Somebody say amen. amen. Do what you're supposed to do. Don't let me down. Many people are going to be watching you do your thing, be faithful to your job, to your duty, your calling um, is the least that you can do. You are not blooming idiots. You are hand-picked pansies. So get with it. Look at somebody and say, get with, it. get with it. Yes. Bloom where you are planted. However, in the conversation between my gardener's um, heart and my green thumb, a particular item came up for discussion. After the pansies are planted, what then? Will it be like the fable of the hen who found some grains of wheat? The hen asked the other animals in the barnyard, who will help me plant it? The answer was, not I, came the resounding reply from the other barnyard animals. After the grain grew, the hen asked, who will help me harvest it? Not I, came the resounding reply. Then the hen asked, who will help me bake it? Not I, came the resounding reply. Then finally, when the, um, when the streaming loaf was removed from the oven, the hen asked, who will help me eat it? Yeah, there you go. You got a crowd now, don't you? And everybody says, I will. And it cackled the other chickens and, and the pigs and the horse and, and the duck and all of that, the mood, the cow. To which the hen replied, so sorry, but I will eat it all myself. Yeah, that's not usually how it works, that type of thing, but that is quite a concept, isn't it? Yeah. The pansies need help to bloom where they are planted. The large planters are actually under the front porch of the church building. They will get no rain. They will need regular watering. Who will do that? In the conversation, my gardener's heart and my green thumb agree that I will be responsible for that. See, if you want something to grow you got to take some responsibility, don't you? you got to be willing to pitch in something. What's that four-letter word? W-O-R-K. Come on, folks. That's what we do, and that's what will help us to bloom where we, are, um, uh, where we are planted in Jesus' name. And so that's just an excerpt of one of the articles that's in this magazine. I, I appreciate it. Very timely articles that are, in my opinion, helping us to realize that we live in the real world, don't we? But we live with a real, only one God in Jesus' name. And so I'm here to tell you, folks, that you, you can begin to bloom. God can help you to bloom where you're planted in the name of Jesus. You know, during this last week when the snows were falling and every morning I'd get up and look out in our front door, you know, there'd be a lot of that, a couple of the mornings anyway, it was covered, praise God. But by noon, these yellow heads were sticking out in, in our um, in our. Uh, little garden place that she has there. And what are they called? They're not, are they crocuses? I always call them crocuses. What are they? Daffodils. Amen. And I mean to tell you, they don't seem to mind the snow. They don't seem to mind that sometimes the weather isn't perfect, praise God. They stick those yellow heads up, praise God, and you talk about pretty. You talk about noticeable. 
Praise God. And that's what I want to encourage you to do this week. Consider your environment. Maybe it is a snowy environment. Maybe it's a cold environment. Maybe some of the things that are going on in your workplace or wherever you, you congregate throughout the week, maybe it's not going so good. But I'm here to tell you with the help of the Lord, you can begin to become a bloom. And I'm going to tell you something. The light of God and the salt of God can begin to make a positive effect in your life. And I'm going to tell you something. It's going to make a positive effect in a lot of people's lives around you. What do you say we just lift both of those hands right now? And let's ask God to help us. I'm telling you, folks, this is the greatest life that ever could be given to us. And that's called Christianity. It's called living for God. That's what God wants us to do in the name of Jesus. And so I'm glad this morning. I'm thankful this morning, praise God, that we can come together. We can listen to the word. We can read articles. We can apply them to our lives. James, James gave us some of the best advice with, when it comes to the word of God. He said, receive with meekness the engrafted word, amen, and that's the applied word, that's the received word, that's no argument against what God wants to do word, and let that word begin to bloom in your life in Jesus' name, and you will find people around you, praise God, that absolutely want to be ministered to in Jesus' name, praise God. Well, let's look at a subject here this morning, I'm going to talk about passion, and passion is one of those things that we can recognize in people a lot of times because maybe of exuberance, maybe because of how loud they are and that type of thing. And, and I'm not here to, um, um, to, to, to negate that, praise God, but I think passion is much deeper than that. And hopefully today I can help you with that in Jesus' name. Because if we're going to reach this world, if we're going to reach neighbors, we're going to reach people, believe me, folks, we're going to have to have some kind of passion we really are. Amen. Um, what passion is, let me just identify it here right off the bat if you're, if you're writing things down. What passion is, is it's a strong emotion that has an overpowering or, overpowering or a compelling effort. Let me say that again. Passion is a strong emotion that has an overpowering or compelling effect. A lot of times it's what gets things done. Amen. And so, you know, we don't want to do away with the emotions. We don't want to operate entirely by the emotion because the Bible says to walk by faith and not by sight. But nevertheless, if we can have faith in our heart, God can really begin to rise up a passion within us, praise God, that will have an overpowering or compelling effort in it. And I believe the world will notice that. You know, one of the greatest examples of that, in my opinion, is Jesus Christ himself. Jesus had a strong passion, praise God. Let me demonstrate that for you. Look at uh, Matthew chapter number 9, the gospel of Matthew chapter number 9, and let's get the word of God out here where we can, where we can take a look at it in Jesus' name. Uh, the gospel of Matthew chapter number 9, and I'm going to look at, I'll start reading um, in verse number, uh, say in verse number 35, verse 35, amen. 
And, and, the, and the Gospels are full of places where, where Jesus demonstrated this. But here's one time in particular, and hopefully you will recognize what I'm talking about here. The Bible says in 9 and 35, Matthew, it says, And Jesus went about all the cities and, and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. For three, approximately three and a half years, that's what Jesus Jesus focused on. Now, for 30 years, we don't know much about him. We don't know what his, his, we can just assume what his daily routine was. But for those three and a half years, when he went into public ministry, there's no question about it. This gos these gospels are full of Jesus going from city to city. Now, understandably, that wasn't a huge area there. comes to batteries, okay? Praise God. Now, where was I? Okay, yes, Matthew 9 and 35. He went everywhere, everywhere in that region. And then the scripture says, but when he saw the multitudes, notice this. It wasn't just going from one place to the next. Thank you so much. I do like this one better. Praise God. Yes, put the cap back. That was fast. Okay, when he saw the multitudes, it wasn't just about places, it was about people. And that's what God, I believe, wants to help us to have more passion for. Amen. I'm going to introduce another word here in just a second, but just let me show, sow the seed. We need to have passion, but we also need to have compassion. And I'm telling you something, it's like a lot of things that you and I deal with in life. We just don't have the means to to conjure it up at times. And we're going to talk about that here today. What does God do in our life to help us to have these things? But let me go on. It says, and when he saw the multitudes, verse 36, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. What a beautiful analogy. Amen. The sheep are just kind of here, hither, uh, whither, just everywhere, that type of thing. And Jesus noticed that, praise God. Then, after that observation, the next two verses, listen to what he said. These are the words of Jesus. Then said, saith he unto his disciples. And notice he's not talking about the crowds here. He's talking about people that he is training. Amen. Today at 3.30, we have um, uh, the, the Adelmans, the, the Brocks, and uh, um, Corey, or not Corey, but um, Carlos, and, um, and, uh, and Corey, yes, yeah, the other Corey, the other Corey. I, yeah, see the one behind you there. They're going to meet today at 3.30, and we've been going through a discipleship class for months now. And we're going to continue to do that. If you're interested in something like that, see me. Because we're, we're always interested in opening the door for more of that. Because discipleship is important. It's a consistent training, praise God. And that's what Jesus was doing right here. He took time and took a teaching moment. He's going from town to town. I imagine they're busy. Got lots of folks that have all kinds of needs. Can somebody say amen? But Jesus is noticing something here. And so he's going to help his disciples to see this. And the scripture says, Then saith he to his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous. You know, um, and, but the laborers are few. So now we see what the challenge is. The challenge is not the harvest. The harvest is, is there. 
The, the real challenge is we need people to go into that harvest. Praise God. And you can, you can study that. I have. I've taught it, that type of thing. But it's a very, very important thing. And then Jesus gave instruction. He pointed out what the need was, like he always does. That's, that's how powerful of a teacher he was. He showed them what the need was. And then he said, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. And I don't know about you, but that is a consistent, constant prayer that I have. Amen. One of the things that God emphasized to me when I first came to Gillette, Wyoming, um, was go sow the seed. Go wherever the doors are open. You just go. And that's something I have tried to maintain for the last going on 33 years. Amen. Just sow that seed. Because without seed sowing, folks, there isn't going to be any harvest. It's just that's just the way it is. And you and I have the ability to do that. And God can help us to do that. But sometimes we don't feel like it, do we? So what's going to help us? What's going to really give us that incentive? Well, we're talking about those words here today. If we can ask the Lord to help us to have some passion, maybe channel some of our passion towards the loss. See, folks, don't tell me you don't have any, because everybody in this place, I'll guarantee if, if certain buttons were pushed in your life, you'd get excited. So you have those emotions. It's just that sometimes we don't channel them in the right place. And so God can help us to do that in Jesus' name. In fact, I believe it's his perfect will for that to happen to every person who comes into the church. Amen. That is a ministry. The ministry of reconciliation, in my opinion, is for everybody. I'm not talking about the fivefold ministry. I'm not talking about the fivefold giftings. I'm talking about having passion for the lost, praise God. And I'm going to introduce to you today three concepts, three ways in which God does that in Jesus' name. And maybe you'll begin to recognize that in your life. Maybe you'll begin to understand that God is coming upon you on a regular basis, helping you to see things like he sees them, and maybe now you can begin to respond to that. Listen to me, folks. If we don't respond to the things of God, usually nothing's going to happen. And I don't know about you, but I didn't get into this thing called, called the Pentecostal church years ago, praise God, so that I could just sit on a pew, just entertain some kind of a seat, get it warm, and then go home and be the same way I was. Come on, I got into this because I knew that God made a difference in my life. God helped me to climb out of a muck and a mire, and he gave me a way, he gave me a place, praise God, that I could come. But listen to me, folks, it, it, it just begins there. Now I can begin to pass that on. Amen. It can begin to flow from me, praise God, into others. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to make people live for God. That's not what God is doing. He didn't make me live for him. But what he can do is he can use us to begin to influence and help people understand that it's alive and it's, a, it's well. It's here. It's in our world in Jesus' name. Now, if you study the, uh, the second and the third chapters of the book of Revelation, Really, those are the ones, in my opinion, that are, that are, that are happening right now. You, you talk about seven different churches, praise God, and different conditions. The first church, the church of Ephesus, they had a problem with their first love. There were other churches that were having a problem allowing false prophets to come in. There were all kinds of conditions that happened. But the last church there, the Laodicean church, the problem with them was that they became lukewarm. And in my opinion, that's what we battle a lot of times. You know, it's not that we don't know. It's not that we, you know, sometimes, you know, can't conjure up enough effort to do something. But a lot of times we just fall into that lukewarm condition, don't we? 
Now, come on, you might as well be honest. And I'm going to tell you something. This is something that God wants us to recognize. Amen. You know, and you can find yourself uh, in that condition when you just find yourself not really caring. Or maybe the things that, um, that, that happen on a regular basis or everyday basis, they start to irritate you more. You know, that's the time when we need to come to God and we need to, we need to repent. Amen. We need to allow godly sorrow to lead us to repentance. And that's really what it will do. And godly sorrow isn't putting something on us that we can't achieve. Godly sorrow is helping us to recognize the condition that we have sometimes in our own personal life. And so I'm, 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 I'm asking you to consider today the passion of Christ. What did he do? Why, did he, why was he able to make a difference? You know, the scripture says that he was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. He was able to have passion about not sinning. He was able, because you must understand, that was the man Christ Jesus. God himself doesn't have a problem in these areas. But he incarnated himself into a body. And that human body, who had a human will, praise God, had to subject himself to the Father. And we see that Jesus became very passionate about that. And I believe there's some people here today that God wants to wake up in that regard, in Jesus' name. But I don't want to be lukewarm. I don't, or let me put it this way. I don't want to remain lukewarm. A lot of times, folks, we're going to fall into some of that kind of stuff. It's just what it is. And I'm not being a defeatist here. I'm just saying that we have to recognize that we live in a world that pulls us that direction. But man, I thank God for the church last night. I wish everybody could have been here last night. There was power in this place last night. Why? Because there were people that were subjecting themselves to the will of the Father. They were praying, praise God. And you could sense and you could, you could feel that there was something that was happening here that was from the heavenly realm. Amen. Take those opportunities. Please, take those opportunities and you will find yourself in a place where God can use you in Jesus' name. Now, another thing that we must understand when it comes to passion, and remember what the word passion is, it's a strong emotion that has that overpowering or compelling effort. It's something in us that can be stirred up to do something, if I can simplify it. Praise God. Now, compassion is a little bit different. Compassion is sorrow for the sufferings or trouble of others. That's what it does. Compassion recognizes that somebody else is going through something, that it's not just about me, that I can begin to see, like Jesus did, the multitudes. Amen. And Jesus was just pointing out that these are just a, bu a bunch of, of sheep that are just going here and there. Amen. And he recognized the fact that something needed to happen. So compassion is sorrow for, this, or, or, yeah, sorrow for the sufferings or trouble of others accompanied by an urge to help them. Amen. I, I have a simple um, uh, definition of that. Compassion is sympathy with a remedy. Because just to sit here and feel sorry for people, I'm not saying that's, not, that's bad, but this is where a lot of people go. All they're doing is feeling sorry for the bad things that are happening in life. And God gives us the ability to do something. What did Jesus tell them? Come on, let's go back to, to, to Matthew 9. When he pointed out the fact that the condition of the world that they were in, he said, man, there, there needs to be laborers brought into the, into the harvest field. And what did he, what was the marching orders right away? Pray. Pray. 
that these harvesters or these laborers will go into the field. And folks, that is a marching order that God gives to us all the time. That's why I'm telling you folks, it's, it's funny, you know, it's kind of like the, the, the little parable that the guy told about, about how the, how the chicken's there and, and will somebody help me plan it? Oh, no, no, I got too many other things going. Oh, will somebody help me pick it? Oh, no, 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 I've got this to go to and that to go to. Oh, will somebody help me grind it up so it can be, you know, made into bread? Oh, no, no, I got too many things going in my life right now. And then you put it in the oven and you got a nice aroma that comes out of that oven. Oh, my goodness, man, you'll get all kinds of people to come around, won't you? Now, I'm not trying to make people feel bad as much as I'm trying to point out that that's lukewarm conditioning. That's where people are at when they know what to do, but they just don't want to do it. Something else has gotten in the way. And listen, folks, we need to let God work over our motor on that one. Come on, I believe I'm talking to people right now that you could, you could give me an event. You could give me a, a thing that's in your life right now. Why don't we ask God right now? Let's just take about 15 seconds right now. Come on, lift up your hands right now. Come on, let's respond to what God is talking to us about. Let's not let this one go. Let's ask God to help us. Come on, he wants to do that. That's what his desire is. Come on, I sense that right now, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon us. For he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance unto the captive, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Come on, folks, that's going on in here right now. That's happening right here where you're sitting. Oh, in the name of Jesus, God is doing his work. Come on, we must recognize that. Mm. Mm, God, yes, right now. Come on, I'm telling you right now. Let's let him take a couple of layers off. Let's let him take some of that veneer off right now. And let's let him get into the accesses of our heart. In the name of Jesus, oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive us, oh, God. Forgive us of our lukewarmness. Forgive us of our allowing things to get in the way, God. Help us with this. Help us with this, oh, Father. Mm. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Now let me show you how God, how God operates this or how he will bring this into our lives. Look at Philippians chapter number 2, an epistle in the New Testament. The book of Philippians, praise God, is a, a, a tremendous book. Rejoice is one of the themes of this book. And then it talks about the, you know, who Jesus is and what he represents. And the, and the second chapter, I've, I've, I've said this over the years, memorize verse 50, or I'm sorry, verse 5 through 8. Let this mind that was in Christ be in you. And I'm not going to go into that today. But look at what, what God will do. Look at verse number, um, chapter number 2 and verse number 13. Notice this. I want you to catch this now. The Bible says, for it is God. Everybody say God. God. It says, which worketh in you. That's what's happening right now, believe it or not. Both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That's the wrestling match. That's the pineal that sometimes you feel in your life. God is working in you. And listen to me, folks. He's not going to drag you by the nap of the neck and throw you down and make you do it. But he is going to work with you. And many of you are sensing this. I'll tell you, when you get filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you really become sensitive to this. But notice this in verse number 14. It says, um, or I, um, 
uh, actually, let me go up to verse number 12 here. It says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. See, there are some things you and I have to work out. There's just no question about it. Now, that doesn't mean we rewrite the plan. It means that we get more inclined to follow the plan. Amen. And I understand the crowd sometimes is going to have a hard time seeing this. But when people begin to take on what I call a discipleship spirit, when they want to begin to learn the things of God, I believe that's when God will really start working some things out. And that's what we need to recognize. It's God working in us. That's what he's doing. If you want to begin to channel the passion that you have, you ask God to start working that out in Jesus' name. If you want to have more compassion, which I do, I hope that you do. If you want to have more compassion for the people who are hurting out there, you and I need to approach God in Jesus' name. And I'll tell you, when we begin to do that, God has a way of helping us in Jesus' name. Now, let me show you this by example. Look at the book of Romans, chapter number 5. Um, I, I've got some material here that I, I really do want to bring to your attention, and that's what I'm trying to do right now. Romans, chapter number 5, helps us to see that there's... In, in the Old Testament, it talks about lion being on lion here a little, there a little, that type of thing. Well, that's what happens. And I want you to see something here. Um, Wednesday night, we talked about being marked for transformation. An excellent, excellent subject. And you must understand, people um, that will come to God and obey his word and take his word by faith immediately become justified in God's eyes. You are justified when you do that. But that's not where the project uh, stops. You and I need to, to become sanctified or we need to become more concentrated for what he wants us to do. Well, in order for that to happen, some things have to come. Everybody say amen. amen. And then some things have to go. It's just that simple. You can't do everything in life. And so now you've got to have the ability to pick and to choose. God gives you that sixth sense, if I can put it that way. Now watch how it works. Look at Romans chapter number 5. Now I mentioned this because I'm, I'm using the scripture. It says, therefore, in verse number 1, Romans 5 and 1, it says, therefore, being, everybody say justified, by faith. You see that? When you begin to operate in faith, God looks at you in a justification outlook. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith unto this, everybody say grace. Now, grace is the enabler. Grace is the thing that will help you to get it done. It says, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, in verse number three, but we glory in tribulations. What? Yeah, we do. Actually, hard times have a way of improving us. And so now we look at tribulations differently, knowing that tribulation worketh Whoa, how many have need of that? So do I. And the scripture says, it says, and patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, praise God, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Uh, the reason I'm reading this is because all of us need the love of God. All of us need more love and more power. Come on, that's not just a good song. That is an absolute principle. But listen, if you're going to get more of that kind of thing, you're going to have to go to the Lord. 
You're going to have to realize that you do not have the ability to produce this stuff. But God does. And it's like love. God has the ability to really come into our life in a loving way. How many have ever experienced that? That's powerful, isn't it? Well, now God wants to help you to, to go to the rest of the world and do the same thing. And so this is why when it comes to passion and compassion, right away we get intimidated. We say, well, I've got to produce this. No, all you've got to do is learn how to channel it. That's what you really got to learn to do. God doesn't expect you to do something that only he can do. And so you must understand that if we're going to reach this world, we need compassion, but not only just compassion, we need the compassion of God. Just like if we're going to reach this world, we not only need love, but we need the love of the Father. And this is what God wants to, wants to channel into your life. And then when you begin to recognize this happening, you can channel it right into wherever you're at. Wherever you're at, whether it's teaching a Bible study, whether it's handing out a track, whether it's witnessing to somebody, whatever the case is, whatever God brings into your life, you can begin to channel into others. Now, come on, I hope this isn't too simple. It's really how it works in Jesus' name. Now, I mentioned before, and, and I'm going to finish up with this, praise God, there's three things that God will bring into our life that will help us to recognize that this is where he wants us to channel it, praise God. Three things, amen. The first one, of course, is awareness. One of the reasons why people don't see the lost and that type of thing is because we get going with our life every day, and sometimes we get oblivious to the things that are around us. We can walk right by somebody who's hurting or somebody who might even be crying in the store, whatever the case is, and we can walk by them and, and not even be aware of it. Now listen, I'm not trying to condemn anybody here today. I'm trying to help us to become aware of the fact that if you and I are going to look at the world the way Jesus looked at it, we got to become aware of some things. And what are we talking about here? The Bible says all have and come of the, yes. Now, come on, we repeat that scripture all the time, but the bottom line is that's the world we're living in. Now, that doesn't make us a judge. It just makes us an observer. And so you and I, the first thing that God will do is he will tap on us or he'll, he'll come into our lives and he'll help us to become aware of some things that are happening around us. And, you know, that might be uncomfortable, you know. And listen to me, I've been there, you know, when we have a lot of other things going on in our life, it's awful hard to, to, to steer that awareness into that need, isn't it? It really is. And that's why I'm telling you, when you come to the Lord and you begin discipleship projects, a lot of what God will do is begin to help you to see that there's certain things in your life you really don't need. And what that does, in essence, is that begins to make room. It begins to make room for him. And I'll tell you one of the four-letter words that we really need a lot of room, we need some room in, and it's called time. Amen. Again, I'm, I, I'm not condemning anybody. Some of you had work schedules and that type of thing, and so I'm not here to rake anybody over the coals. But the reason people were here last night is because they made time to be here. And that's one of the things that God has to help us to be aware of, is that you and I, uh, we are allotted 24, 24 hours a day. And you and I must search ourselves sometimes and say, when God helps us to be aware of hurting people in our lives, amen, that, hey, God, I want to have that time, praise God, because the harvest is there. 
There are people that are ready to listen, praise God. But are we willing to tell them? Are we willing, praise God? Look at a scripture here. I want to show you something here. Look at um, first him, or, no, first Peter. First Peter chapter number three tells us something here. And, and it gives us kind of the, the formula here that, that, that needs to take place in our lives. Yeah, first Peter chapter number three. Look at what, um, what, what Peter says here. In verse number, um, where am I at here? Yeah, there's three. The Bible says in verse number 15, Verse 15, 3 and 15, 1 Peter 3 and 15. The scripture says there, but sanctify. Everybody say sanctify. And we discovered Wednesday night, what does the word sanctify mean? Set apart. It means to be pure. You know, it actually can mean also to honor the Lord. And so we talked about the sanctification or the transformation process. That God is purifying us. That God is showing us things, praise God, and helping us to be more set apart for him. And the Bible says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready. Look at somebody and say, get ready. No, look at somebody else and say, get ready. Yes, this is the deal, folks. Every day God gives us an opportunity to get ready. Amen. And be ready how many times? Always. This is what the Bible is saying, to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. There's a good formula for witnessing. People ask, man, what's been going on in your life? Oh, my goodness, that's a door opener. Oh, you should have been in our church service last couple of Sunday nights ago. We had a blast. I mean, to tell you, the Holy Ghost was moving in this place, and we had four people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the first time. We had a numerous amount of people, praise God, that were praying through. I myself, I was praising God, and God just came into me and just began to flow out of me in the name of Jesus. Now, come on, folks. Is that not going to be addicting? Amen. I'm telling you, people want to hear this stuff. That's what I'm talking about. They need good news today. And knowing that God is operating, praise God, is good news. Amen. Now, I'm not telling you the first reaction is going to be running the church, but what you're doing is sowing the seed. That's what you're doing. You're sowing the seed out there, praise God. Amen. And so God will come into our life with passion. We'll get excited about what's happening, praise God. And then along with passion, we'll have a compassion, praise God. We'll have a, a you know, a, we'll, we'll be troubled because we want other people to have what we have. And so one of the first, the, the beginning stages of this is awareness. God, help me to become more aware of the world around us. Help me to quit being so, so stuck on myself. My goodness, that every conversation I have has got to begin with the word I. Oh my goodness, folks. You don't realize how people can get turned off by that. Come on, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be interested in yourself once in a while, but man, all the time, come on, be aware of other people. Amen. The second thing that God will do, praise God, is that he, along with an awareness of what's wrong with, with the world, is he will give us a recognition. A recognition of what? That I can do something about this. I don't have to sit back and I don't have to say, well, it's going to get bad. Might as well just go in and get my can of beans and head to the, bean, the bighorns. No, I can do something about it. I can do something because God has done something for me. 
Come on, folks. Is that not a simple formula? Come on. We can leave a situation better than it was. Amen. And this is recognizing, praise God, and acknowledging that with God, all things are possible. Come on, you and I need to start activating the spirit and the faith of God inside of us every day that we get an opportunity. Now, that's not talking about changing your personality. That's not what this is, and a lot of people attribute it to that. Amen. What it's doing is it's beginning to channel passion. That's what it's doing. And you've already got enough to get get started. You must understand the Bible talks about faith. It says that God has given to every man the measure of faith. And so what that means is you and I have enough to get started. Well, I believe the same thing is is true with passion. Amen. Unless you're dead, you're, you're alive. You can get excited about something. It might not be enough, but with God's help. Come on, with God's help. Come on, how many times have you, you haven't been going up there very often. How many times you go up to that jail, praise God, and God gets a hold of you and anoints you, praise God, and all of a sudden it begins to flow, doesn't it? Hey, the same thing happened to me when I was going up there too. It must be God, right? That's what it is. That's what I'm talking about, folks. When we give God an opportunity, when we become aware of the world does not revolve around me, but the world needs to revolve around God, there are opportunities after opportunities after opportunities that God will bring into our lives. And then God will help us to recognize, oh, I better call the pastor. I better call for the elders. I better call for everybody, you know, to come and help me. Listen to me. There's times when that will happen, and you're in that time right now. You're in the church, praise God, the building, praise God. Things like that can happen here. But when you're out there all by yourself and that type of thing and something needs to be said or something needs to be shown, you can do it, praise God. Look at somebody and say, you can do it. Come on, look at somebody else and say, you can do it. Come on, we just got to get ready. That's what we got to do. And we got to recognize that this passion that Jesus had is what God wants to put into our lives and help us to channel it to the places that will receive it in the name of Jesus. Come on, folks, I'm telling you the truth. Praise God. And so God helps us to become aware. That's what we need to be every day. Every day, God, give me an awareness. Get me out of myself. Get me out of my own little vision of who I think I am. And help me to see the world the way you see it in Jesus' name. And I believe that God can do that in seconds. I believe he can, praise God. And I believe that one of the urges that you're going to have, I have them all the time, I have them all the time, is one of the urges you're going to have is to pray. Pray. Pray for people. Pray. God, help us. Help me to see this world. And as you lead people into my life today, wherever they're at, help me to recognize that I have the ability to tell them something. I can give them something. Help me to recognize that about myself right now in Jesus' name. Praise God. And then the third thing that God will bring into our lives, that a lot of times this will happen on a Saturday night prayer meeting. A lot of times this might happen in your, in your devotional time or wherever you're slotting out time where God doesn't have to hurry up and, and get this thing done. That's where we're at a lot of times, isn't it? You know, God, i got three minutes here now, so let's just get on it here. And sometimes God doesn't have the opportunity to really, really peel back some of those layers that need to be brought back. But tonight, or last night, I felt it. I don't know how long I'd been praying. It doesn't matter. But all of a sudden, I felt an urgency. 
And that's what God will do. I'm not talking about panic now. There's a big difference. A lot of folks, man, they can go into panic mode in a second. You know, oh, the world's bad. The Antichrist is coming. Everything's bad, man. We better... No, no, no. An urgency will say, man, I got to do something now. I can't wait until tomorrow. I can't wait until, you know, I, can, I, can, I get the, the perfect little feeling in my heart. I've got to learn that, hey, today God will give me opportunities to sow seeds and realize that the urgency is there in Jesus' name. Let me show you something here. Look at the, the, the book of James, and I'm just about done here. You have been a wonderful audience this morning. I feel a hunger in here. I feel a desire. That's really what is so, so important, to want to change some of the things that we're doing. And I can feel, I, 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 I am aware of that, and I recognize that. And I you even feel a little bit of an urgency in here. Amen. That, you know, I, there's something got to change, God. Something has to change. And I believe that God is here today to help that to happen. I really do. I believe before you leave, you can make a commitment to the Lord that will ensure that this is going to live on this week. That this is not one of those sermons where it's just going to drop off as I get out the door. And I'm just going to go on and do my own thing. I believe that God ordained for you to be here today. And to hear these words. Listen to what James said. We made reference to him before about, you know, receive with meekness the engrafted word that's able to save your soul. Well, look at what else he said here in chapter number four. Look at this. The Bible says in verse number, um, uh, chapter number four, and I'm going to start reading in verse 13. It says, for he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy. And mercy rejoiceth against judgment. I think it's a, the book of Proverbs that says that by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. So we understand it's a twofold ingredient. I, I do uh, band instrument repair work, and sometimes I have to take plastic clarinets and, and bodies like that, and, and they'll break off, literally. And they'll bring them to me, and, and for, me, for them to, to spend the money to buy a brand new joint will cost hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. But over the years, um, with the help of some other people in my life, um, I found a glue, an epoxy glue that works. And I mean, it really does work. I've used it for probably now for about 20 years. And what it is, it's a two-ingredient two, um, uh, um, glue that kind of works together. You've got you to gotta mix it together, and you've got to mix the, the same amount of proportion of each one. One's a little grayer than, than the other one. The other one's black. And when you mix it, it becomes kind of a dark gray is what it does. And what I'll do is, first of all, you've got to clean that crack. Amen. And, and, and what I'll do is I'll put uh, just a, a layer of this over, over that crack, and then I'll put the two pieces together, and then I'll take a piece. Um, oh, I've got a weight, a couple of weights down there that I'll put on there, and I'll let it sit for 24 hours. And I am not exaggerating, folks. I've been doing this for 20 years, and I don't know how many of them I have fixed. Save people in school districts hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. They really should be building a subdivision in my name out here, shouldn't they? They really should. My goodness, people just don't realize that, do they? You know? But the point of it is, folks, is, and I've had those joints come back every once in a while, and they'll be cracked. But not where that glue is. They'll crack in another spot, because that glue is actually stronger than the body. And you must understand, there are ingredients that God wants to bring into your life that are a whole lot stronger than what you can bring. That's really what I'm trying to, man, do I feel the Holy Ghost here. Really a witness. Somebody here, you just got it. You, every excuse you ever had is out the window right now. 
God is literally helping you to understand that you, through the transformation project, you can begin to be marked for this. God, I'm not going to remain the same. I'm going to get out of myself. I'm going to quit dwelling on what me, 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 and I'm going to start asking you, Lord God, to make me aware of this world. And I'm going to recognize that you have put within me the plan of salvation. I know what it's like to have every one of my sins completely washed away. I know what it's like to speak in a brand new language that I've never spoke before in the name of Jesus. I know what this stuff means, praise God. And amen. I just have a little fear now. Come on, I'm going where somebody's at right now. I have this little bit of fear of rejection. Or I have this little fear of what people are going to say to me. But God, through your passion, through your compassion, you can help me to rise above that. And I can begin to say the things that you want me to say. Praise God. And God, this world can begin to see, amen, that there is a reason for the hope. There is a reason for the hope. Amen. Because listen to this and sis, you come up. You got a song? You always got a song. That's good. And we're going to give you an opportunity here in just a few minutes just to respond. Anyway, however God wants you to. But listen to the word. The Bible says, what does, uh, uh, I'm in, in James chapter number four. And it, am I? Chapter number four? Yeah, there it is. Okay, the Bible says, whereas ye know not what shall be on tomorrow. I'm in chapter 4 and verse 14. I'm sorry, brother, 4 and 14. It says, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It says, it is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. I understand that's kind of, kind of an unsympathetic way to look at life sometimes, but it's the truth. We're here for a while and then we're gone. You know, and the Bible says, for that you ought to say, amen, in verse 15, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings, all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. Come on, to him it's sin. God looks at that as a wrong. And I'm telling you something, folks. You know, we've gone too many... Too many days with the idea of telling ourselves that nobody wants to hear this. That nobody wants to hear what, what God has to say. And sometimes we can, we can just lull ourselves to sleep and we can end up in the city of Laodicea. And you say, what are you talking about? We become lukewarm. That's what we do. Well, what's the use of going to prayer? Oh, what's the use of going to church all the time? I'm just going to cut back because I just got too many things I need to do in my life. Well, I'm not here to, to, to rake you over the, over, the, over the coals, but I'm just here to say that that life is not really going to be much of a meaning. And God wants to put meaning back into your life. He wants to put some epoxy in your life this morning that will be stronger, actually stronger than the body itself in Jesus' name. And so, sis, you come, and let's, let's, let's trust the Lord. Let's take a few minutes. I know I've gone just a little bit over here, but it's, it's, let's take a few minutes here, and let's just let God talk to us in the name of Jesus. Just go ahead and close your eyes right now. Close your eyes and begin to lift up your hands right now, and let's let God have his way in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, folks, he, he is here in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Can we, can we give ourselves away today?
I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. Give myself away. Yes, right now. I give myself away so you can use me. Here I am right now. Here I stand. Lord, my life is in your myself away give myself away so you can give myself away give myself away so you permission as a living sacrifice all my dreams and hope I plans Lord I place them at your hands I give myself away myself away so you can use me give myself away give myself away so you can use me so take my
Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. How many are going to commit to that this next week? Come on, let's let God let us be aware. Let's let recognize we've got qualities inside us that were given to us by Him that we can give to others. And then let's let that urgency kick in once in a while. Come on, let's look at people. No matter how much money they have, no matter what kind of status they have in, in the culture, without Jesus, they don't have anything, folks. That's the bottom line. What do you say that we pray for the Lord of the harvest right now? Can we do that right now? Every one of us, let's pray. Let's ask God to, to send, send harvesters in, in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to recognize this today. Be aware of it, Lord God, to know, Lord Jesus, that this world needs you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Touch every person here. Again, God, I pray that nobody will ever be the same again. That, God, that we cannot go through 
through life the same way. That we give you permission to touch us, to move upon us, to minister, Lord God, through us in the name of Jesus. And God, as always, I give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Let's thank the Lord together. Can we do that? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Again, thank you so much. Men, if you're, if you're interested, if you can be, be back here at 5.30. Let's be praying. Let's ask the Lord to touch us, and then we'll have our Bible study tonight, discipleship class at 3.30, praise God. And the rest of you, you just, you just have a wonderful day, and let the Lord move upon you. As always, if you want to give, you can do it two ways. You can do it online, or you can do it here in these um, giving trays in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you in Jesus' name.